Well, thank you for tuning in to the Grim and Bloody podcast once again. Uh, we are neck deep in the horror season and we're enjoying every minute of it. Uh, just a quick word about the film festival. Uh, it is happening in 2021 and submissions are open right now. Um, starting next week uh, during our following podcast, you'll have to tune in to find out who it is, but we will be uh, including a special code inside the show um, that's going to give audience members a chance to have a free submission for up to 72 hours. Just go ahead and put in the code on the website, deathparadefilmfest.com. Uh, listen to the show. It'll either be on the theater or the podcast. I haven't decided which one, but I'll let you know. And um, you'll have 72 hours for a free submission to the website. Um, so we're definitely excited to uh, see the submissions rolling in. And um, we'll keep the prices low so everyone has a chance to... Uh, get in and participate so for tonight we have jenna payne producer writer and director of quite a few uh shorts and um a comic creator uh, that we're going to deep dive in but let me go ahead and introduce my cohorts joe flint of create tv and al omega host of creature features thank you again gentlemen always good to be here always a pleasure yes yes. and thank you jenna for coming on tonight yeah, I'm stoked to to share some some bloody and grim tidbits with everyone. Excellent. Yeah, oh, we, we're looking forward to the tidbits. <laughs> True. Totally. I haven't had dinner yet. Mm. But um, I was reading a little bit of what got you started, Jenna, and it sounds very interesting. Um, did you want to talk a little bit about um, what got you started in horror and um, you know how it uh, shaped you, uh, how to uh, contribute to um, the work that you're producing today? Sure, i uh not sure what happened as a child, but I was always kind of a baby guy. I believe my two favorite <laughs> stories as a child were Little Match Girl, which I think everyone's familiar with, and like an Alfred Noyes poem uh, called The Highwayman that ends in a murder-suicide. Yes. <laughs> that yes. I believe I had memorized at the age of three. Oh, so... at three, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Well, hey, some of us are... We're not even two minutes in. (laughs) I just went all the way in. So, and then I guess... Most people just put the tip in. I went for the whole enchilada. We're we're just going to go deep diving in now. Oh, yeah. Um, So then when I was seven, uh, I guess everyone else, like, rented, like, Grease or uh, Sound of Music for their slumber parties, and I told my mother I wanted a horror movie, and she, she picked up Robert Wise's The Haunting, yes. which, which to this day Classy. is one of my absolute favorite movies, and um, <laughs> um, definitely scares the shit out of every other seven-year-old. Um, so, you know, I was off to a good start. Um, read all of Edgar Allan Poe and Agatha Christie's books by the time I got out of middle school. And uh, <laughs> you're ready to go. You were ready to go. So, so goth. Um, parents, if you have a child who's into darker themes, just kind of let them let them explore. It's fine. <laughs> I gave my daughter scary stories and tell in the dark. She looked at us like, this is not scary, dad. So yes. maybe we have a different generation. <laughs> She'll be fine. Right. She's going to be fine. Uh, you got to remember. Uh, you gotta remember in the original Grimm books, uh, they didn't always end so very happily. Oh, yeah, they were uh, warning cautionary tales for, yes. for children. Don't talk to strangers, all right? Um, don't borrow things, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's pretty gnarly. Uh, um, how do you feel about Lovecraft? 
I my husband is the biggest Lovecraft fan. Um, yes. I'm less of a Lovecraft fan, definitely more of a Poe fan. But uh but Lovecraft I'm has just some a pretty cool monsters. Yes. The monsters of the mind. The Devil's Reef and Dagon. Yeah. We we actually play Call of Cthulhu. So. Oh cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm um, down. That's my family right there. Oh yeah. Um, I can tell you. I'm a, a like 1920s debutante called Grady O'Keefe who keeps blowing everything up. <laughs> I appreciate that. Sometimes it, it throws a wrench in the gameplay. One time I think I just like met the villain, was just introduced to him, and I immediately murdered him and my husband. I just watched his face turn white and he was like, I'm gonna need a minute <laughs> to figure out because he's the, the GM. He was like, I'm not sure what I'm doing next. Anyway. I played some. The, I played some of those. Uh, we had a, a whole extended family of characters we would draw on, and and one was Grandfather Mallory, which was great for keeping the game going because if you sat to examine anything for uh, X number of turns, he would. Uh, you had to take a saving throw every turn after that. Otherwise, he would shoot something. Usually, whatever it was you were examining. <laughs> so it made the, the game move along very well. That makes sense. Yeah, sometimes you get a little caught up in research. Well. Anyway, this is not the Call of Cthulhu podcast, but I do recommend it if you guys are RPG fans. Um, oh, yeah. There you go. So, uh, after, like, from reading, I went into writing, and uh, I sort of accidentally fell into film in my mid-20s, and um, did, co-wrote and directed my first short film, Feline Frenzy. Wow which is uh, yes. about two detectives after a serial killer of redheads. It's fully available online. It's pretty fun. Um, Congratulations on your early <laughs> success. Winning a war for your first I, short. I, yeah, it was, a, it was pretty exciting. Um, and uh, I also fell into film production. And the first movie I got to work on in production was a vampire movie called Blood Junkies, which still... I don't think it's been released, but I got to watch all of the blood tubing and I just, for horror fans, like I cannot describe how gleeful it is to like work behind the scenes on the practical effects. It is so fun. I, I can make my own fake blood and have like um, my Zompires in the Park short, that blood splatter is, is me with a squirt gun. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I believe it. We're, we're huge fans of practical yeah. effects. In fact, I have an admission. When I made my first short film, mm -hmm. The Last Showing, um, it had a, like a maybe a two-minute snuff film that I filmed in my garage. You know, the actor's so alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he had to be covered with blood. The, the walls had to be covered with blood. And um, we had just had to go crazy because we were going to have to kill this guy. Um, the, the funnest part about that uh -huh. whole short, both the snuff film and everything I did in the theater, was creating the fake blood and splattering it's on so the fun. <laughs> there I was just... nothing else. That was the funnest part was just, you know, dipping all my uh, uh, home utensils, don't <laughs> tell the wife, but using her knife and fork and all this stuff and putting it in the fake blood and just mixing and making sure it had the, the right viscosity, right? It wasn't too uh -huh. runny, right? It wasn't too dry, it was like perfect. I'm like, oh, this is the perfect totally. fake blood, right? That was the funnest part of the yeah, show. Yeah, <laughs> it's indescribable how much fun it is to do that kind of uh, gore work. Um, and that was when I really fell in love with like making horror movies. Um, 
And so since then, I've written uh, like a slasher that takes place against the collapse of the American auto industry in Flint, Michigan. And uh, oh, that sounds I, good. oh, yeah, it's the come on, somebody, we should make this. Um, and uh, well, it definitely sounds like an Oliver Stone film. Because he loves that social commentary stuff. I like I like to mix that into all of my stuff. A lot of times when I'm I start a project, I like pick an issue I want to talk about, and then I pick like what entertaining genre story I will like couch it in. Um, so um, another project I worked on, which we were going to talk about, is Zombie Vixens from Pluto, which uh, was originally a web series, and I do have a teaser online. Yeah, it was called Zumpires in the Park, right? Yes, yeah, it was shot yes. in uh, mm-hmm. in Prospect Park in Brooklyn, um, and it's it's pretty fun. And I wrote twelve episodes and just couldn't ever. I wanted to get a branded content spot and sort of get someone else to pay for it, but that never quite worked out. Yeah, and, that sucks. Yeah, so but I found a great artist, uh, Carlin Matson, and we worked together remotely pre-COVID to put together the first issue of the comic and it it looks beautiful i think and i, I think you guys got to take a look at it yes, yes we did yeah zompire uh, excuse me zompire vixens from pluto uh has some of the best color i've seen in a comic book in a long time yeah i was wondering uh what was the process for getting the artist because you uh, know the comic book art it's an art uh, so tell me about the artist and how you got that well so i had been playing around with the idea of converting it to a comic book for a long time and I had struggled to find an artist and this ended up being just pure luck. I went to a film festival in Detroit called Detroit She-Town Film Festival and met a great filmmaker there Um, and uh, she just recommended Carlin to me and we got on super well remotely and I sent her sort of my the script that I converted with like some um, mood board kind of stuff and talked about the color palette, which is like very Mario Baba, Forbidden Planet kind of stuff. Yes. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, and we went back and forth, but it, there wasn't a ton of back and forth. Like she basically did some sketches of each page and I made a few adjustments and then she did the full color version and then there were a few adjustments and that, that was kind of it. We were done with the first issue. So. This comic ended way too soon for me. I, yeah, yeah, it, it just got good the last the last page uh before the the credits i'm like are you kidding me this is it i, I went back on your site your drop i'm like there has I, to be more i this want to make end more. right here i know it said to be continued on the yeah. bottom right but i'm like no 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 yeah i can i didn't even know they were vampires yes there i saw some fangs in, in the previous page i'm like yeah, maybe she just has you know elongated teeth hey they live on Plutoid, yeah. right and then there are vampires ripping out necks. I'm like, oh, n- no, 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 no. Bridge. I mean, why Where's not? Where's the rest of it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, yeah I, w- I would love to be able to make all 12 or possibly do six longer ones. It is a pretty short comic. I think it's like 12 yes. pages. I really enjoyed yeah. them, too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's like as Anthony and Al were talking about, going from let's say filmmaking to comic book what was the difference i think it depends on the project for this one i i feel like it had already it was in a very like graphic world 
and it was a much easier transition than some other things. But that you hear of lots of projects, right, where they'll establish IP in a book or a comic or whatever, and then convert it for television or a feature. Um, but this one in particular was originally written to be um, 12 five-minute episodes. So, and it's uh, they're foxy zombie vampire hybrids who live on Pluto, and they decide to attack Brooklyn because they've been declassified as a planet, and that renders them ineligible for intergalactic aid. So they have this uh, sort of revenge mission from uh, their home base of Pluto, and. Um, there's lots of fun stuff in it where like the transmissions take so long to get out to Pluto from Earth that they're stuck in this like very like noir. Yes. Um, I can style. imagine that phone bill. <laughs> I know, right? Very analog. The roaming charges out of this world. Oh I'm my god, for idea. real. <laughs> um so it just it just seemed to like be this like very out there wild kind of like zany take on sci-fi that I, I thought worked really well for a graphic novel anyway but like some of my other projects would be much more complicated to to i think translate to the graphic novel format i think horror comics are great i've, I've been reading comics since i was you know maybe six years old and um I, I had horror comics growing up. That was probably my first taste, really, in the horror. I always think oh. that it was Aliens uh, when I was taking to the theaters when I was six years old. But before then, I had Tales from the Crypt, you know, in my wooden chest of uh, other comics. Totally. I was reading stuff before I even knew what it was. Um, so I, I think it's kind of like um, if you've never drank beer and you drank beer for the first time, it hits you strongly. If you've <laughs> never read a horror comic, it, it's going to get you in a different way because you'll see that uh, it, although it, it's kind of shaped the same way, right? The framing, you had the people, right? There's only so much you can do, but I, I think just the way that things are expressed mm -hmm. as, as the different pains, um, you get, you can feel it a little, it hits you differently. Um, I, I think it's a great way to um, uh, express stories um, that have, you know, a lot of color. Maybe they don't, they don't have a lot of color. Uh, you can, it's, it, it's a, the ultimate sandbox, I feel. Um, that when you get a hold of a good illustrator um, and the illustrator gets paired up with a good writer, um, I, I think, you know, real magic can happen and you can put a story out there that maybe the budget would have been too big if you were going to do a live action version. True, um, yeah. You can put out an epic saga, um, you know, for a fraction of the budget and you can continue building on it. Uh, so even if you have more story, you have more spinoffs, you can continue and um, I, I think it's a really good way. Uh, whenever I go to San Diego Comic-Con, the first thing I'm looking for are horror comics. They have this one section where all the, uh, the creators kind of, you know, they get together. And that's the first place I'm hitting, right? After I fight through the Marvel and the Disney areas, I'm going totally. to the horror comics area because I know there's real good storytellers that they don't have the budget to put out, let's say, it, you know? Right. But that, that same quality can be found in paperback. True. Yeah. I, th I think it's a great opportunity, and, and I do think this story just translated really well, and I would love to do all of them. Yes. Wouldn't we all? Well, you should, because now I'm, I'm waiting for the rest of it. I know. <laughs> um, that, that is definitely a future a future goal. Um, uh, Carlin was great to work with, but, you know, it's pretty time-consuming for an artist to, like, take something like that on, and so I, I would love to get 
some publishing. Uh, it is available online listing at home on a website called Kipsel. That's K-Y-P-S-E-L. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope that we get to do all the issues at some point in the future. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, I'm going to be the crazy one. No. Yeah, uh, no. Uh -oh. Joe. No, um, no, but like for you growing up, what were some of your other favorite horror films growing up? Uh, Jaws got me really early and scared me so badly. I was definitely never going to get in the boat. Um, oh, definitely not in the boat with some crazy ass fishermen. Oh my no, God. You're going no. deep sea fishing. <laughs> Goodbye. No Good luck. I, I think you probably still couldn't get me to go deep sea fishing. <laughs> yeah. That is one fine example of a movie that got everyone. I'm not going swimming. I, I don't care. I'm not going near the beach. Yeah. Never. Yeah. See you. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, though, I, I can go to the beach, no problem. That's fine. Um, I loved Hitchcock movies. Um, I definitely grew up watching, like, Nick at Night and um, the yeah. Alfred Hitchcock show still played and stuff like that, so that was pretty fun. Um, well, I have to ask, did you read, as a child, did you read any of the children's Hitchcock? No, is that a thing? Oh yeah, it's the whole series of big hardbound books. My, my grandmother used to read them to me for bedtime stories. Oh my God, I'm gonna have to look this up. That's wild. There you go. Yeah. So, somebody didn't know. Uh, I'm old. Those are old books. <laughs> um, now I'm going to have to look around some flea markets for that. Hey, <laughs> um, What else did... Uh, so, I came of age in the 90s, so you're also talking about, like, Scream, Urban uh, Legend, I Know What You Did Last Summer, obviously caught most of those. Uh, I Somehow I didn't see The Faculty, and I just watched that recently, and that movie oh. was bad. That, Josh Hartnett was excellent. I think that was my first movie watching uh, Josh He's Hartnett. He's a real big horror fan. Josh, call me. I'd love to work with you. Um. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen yeah, it in 30 Days go. of Night, that's I have. One. I saw that in theaters, yeah. We actually rewatched that. I still don't love the ending, but it is a cool movie. Um, no, I don't like watching Josh Hartnett die. <laughs> Sorry, Steve How can you? <laughs> Hey, don't, don't make me have to get Steve Reynolds on you, okay? <laughs> I, I will get him on you. <laughs> the X-Files was, of course, formative. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think Especially that one episode. So I think that everyone, anyone who's an X-Files fan knows that one episode that just stays with you. The one with like the... Uh, home? Yeah. I think that's it. The crazed family? Yeah. The incest? Yeah. 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 See, everyone knows. It. Anyone who's an X-Files fan knows the episode you bring up. Like, you know that episode? Oh, I know that episode. I, yeah, I, I can't yeah. watch it. I watched it twice, and that was it. Uh, now, see, being older, I, I grew up with the Kolchak, the Night Stalker, yeah. which I, of course was the Predator uh, version, and loved that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty fun travel through time, kind of like. Yes. Weird. Yeah. Um, in the 70s, what do you, what can you say? You know, <laughs> we had a lot of fun things uh, popping up in that era. 
Jenna, I wanted to switch gears a little bit, and, and I see that you're a huge component of uh, uplifting other filmmakers. Um, yeah. I see that you're part of Cinefem. Um, you have disaster capital going. Um, what do you see as far as bringing other filmmakers to the Fourier? Um, what what got you started um, with that? Uh, well, I, I think for so many of us, admittedly, helping other people also helps yourself in a sense. So I'll admit that there yes, I have yes, I have some vested interest in this for myself. But also, I mean, you know, there's so many. Um, unique voices and marginalized filmmakers that just haven't had an opportunity. And so my production partner, Kelly Krauss, and I at Disaster Capital are trying to build basically what we wanted five years ago. And um, so we are looking for emerging filmmakers with the genre properties, not just horror, we're doing um, action and sci-fi as well. Oh, nice. Um, and so we're pre-COVID, the goal was to find about five features by up-and-coming filmmakers or writer-director teams. Doesn't have to be, you don't have to write and direct it. We can pair people also. Um, and we were gonna um, put together a slate of million dollar movies. Whoa. And, yeah. Really? And that's, we're still working on that, but obviously the properties that are like more appealing are unfortunately smaller, you know, because um, COVID is like costing 20% of production budgets. And then you're yeah. still on all these studio movies, seeing people test positive all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. So Hello. it's not that safe to shoot. I I, I know that we're trying, but um, unless you have a crew and a cast who will absolutely isolate outside of set, it, it just, you're at risk. So we're looking at much more contained movies than we had originally hoped to do, but uh, we're still putting together that slate. We've been reading a lot of scripts. We've got some good ones that I'm hoping to get back to some people soon. Uh, some people submitted as long ago as like March and uh, we still haven't gotten back, but um, we're working on it. <laughs> Don't lose your vision. I mean, as, as dark it is right now, we're all going to get vaccinated at one point. We're all going to go back to enjoying what we wanted to enjoy. Maybe not as much as we did before. We're going to have a little bit of distance. Well, uh, but I, I think that as far as productions, yeah, right now they, if you wanted to produce, you know, a studio film, my, my cousin just went back onto the Warner Brothers uh, uh, lot. Uh, she's a, a PA uh -huh. and she tells me that it's just a laundry list of protocols that they have to go through because basically everyone works in groups. Yeah. Right? You're talking 20, 30 people right there. So um, it, it, it's costly. Um, so she's seen some budgets of upwards of $250,000. They're spending just, just to COVID, deal yeah. with, just to deal with testing, you know, the supplies, the possible tracing that they have to have ready. Um, it's crazy. I, I would probably just, you know, wait until we got the little pokey in the arm and go back to it. Um, I don't know. But, we'll yeah, see how uh, quickly that happens. I, yeah, we'll I see. was following this at the end of December last year, and this is exactly as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I mean, the Spanish influenza was three waves, and there's also a theory that that is actually right. our flu season every year. That virus yeah. is what is now our seasonal flu. Um, I could say that the coronavirus has produced some interesting uh, Zoom movies. Oh, yeah. There's the one that uh, awesome. it, it took the, the box office that we had on, yeah. uh, unsubscribed, right? Yeah. Um, that was an ingenious idea. And it was actually okay. a, a solid film Okay. that even if he released on its own, it would have done well. 
Um, we have a, uh, a friend of the show, David Black. He's making toxic zombie babes from outer space, right? Yeah. He's looking yeah. for people of all. He, he's saying, you know what? And we'll take anybody. You got a camera. You got a, a, little, a green piece of paper in the back that you can use as a green screen. You're filming, right? There, there's some people out there that are really gung ho about this. Um, Roshni Batia, who's been on the show, she's come up with a number of shorts um, during the COVID, basically just screening from her own house or or having other people. So I, I think it's definitely doable. I think it's almost going to be uh, a subsection, right, of the, the horror genre. True. It's going to be distance films, right? I could see as many as coming out. I think it's going to be its own section. Yeah, I uh, actually had to retool my front burner feature uh, because of COVID. And I, I do think necessity is the mother of invention. And um, I've done these. I don't know if you guys got to look at any of my like uh, Monty Python style animations. Do, 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 yeah. do, 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 exactly. <laughs> So I did, I did those by myself a long time ago and they're very low-fi. Wow. Uh, yeah. But uh, I have a, a dark comedy medical revenge feature called Hysteria and it's got lots of locations, lots of speaking parts. Yes. It's yes. too yeah. big for COVID, it's dangerous. Um, and I'm also immunocompromised, so I can't be on set. So I am really happy with where the script is right now and came up with a, an elevated stop motion style of shooting that is COVID safe and most talent will be shot. They'll self tape at home. Nice. Um, right. With like a visual effects supervisor helping me shot plan and figure out what we need. And then in post you'll paint in the backgrounds and add in props and stuff like that. And special effects. I love that ingenuity. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I mean, where's the bucket of blood coming to play, though? That's right. That's Digitally. <laughs> as far I mean, as digital blood has come, and when I first saw it, I think it was in the Expendables. It looked absolutely horrible. Nowadays, it looks pretty good. It I'll, looks pretty good. I believe it's really decent. If you're watching any network TV or, or cable, they don't use squibs anymore. They just add it in post. That's right. Yeah. So. Well, it's dangerous. Yeah. It, I, I, yeah, squibs are. <laughs> I mean, you've got a live round going off on your chest with filled with fake blood. And cottage cheese sometimes for brains. Don't forget that. Um, yep. You definitely proceed with caution. <laughs> well, uh, no, no movies are that safe. I mean, look at the, you know, the Evil Dead movies. Uh, Bruce Campbell always talks about how at one point there's a scene where he's being hosed with blood. And what they do is they fill the bathtub, apparently, and hung it over him. So it's pouring down onto his face, and he has like 500 gallons of it. Okay, if you start to drown, just wave your hands around a lot. That's the motion for the shot to start with. So, fortunately, nothing went wrong with him. He could have drowned right there. Yeah, you should definitely make sure you have a, a stunt coordinator who is perhaps a little more detail oriented. Than that one, yes. Then, uh, didn't Ivan Raimi do most of those? I feel like he was the yes. that. <laughs> well, we were just talking about uh, a Sinister, where the uh, first thing you see there is the people being hung up in a tree, and yeah. those were yeah. stunt doubles, and the stunt coordinator did not check the rigs properly, and oh, they no. were being crippled. Horrible, horrible. And they all survived, but he got fired. <laughs> and yeah. And better. Did you guys watch the Cursed Film series on Shudder? I just signed up with Shudder uh, maybe last week, and they've, they've really upped their game. 
Oh yeah, they they have a great. I also was enjoying the ghoul log, <laughs> but <laughs> it, but but Shutter has a a series called Cursed Films, and it's literally movies that have rumors that they're cursed. Super well done, Doc. Not super upbeat if you're looking for like a fun good time. These are real people who died. Uh, but they did the Twilight Zone, and it is yes, appalling. Oh, really? It's appalling. Yes, it's there's horrifying. A- like real horror what happened there's a very true that came out last year in fact um i I went to best buy and picked it up um it's called blood quantum oh it's so good it's really good i'm only 25 minutes in i can tell you it blew me away because one i haven't seen an original take on zombies and i don't know how long right oh yeah i thought zombies was dead and buried yep um and then I started watching Quant- uh, Blood Quantum, and yeah, I, I had to first kind of learn because it's shot on a reservation. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, this film will blow you away. If you are a fan of zombies and you gave up on zombies, go to Shudder, watch Blood Quantum, your faith will be restored. Oh, definitely try it again. And that movie is like, I feel like that movie encapsulates so much of what I feel like horror is it does. Is. I mean, horror. I, I, you, you've taken obvious steps with this, but um, you can use movies as a platform to, you know, make a commentary on how we are as a society. Yeah. Um, with hysteria, you know. Um, I didn't know if you want to touch on the your autoimmune disease, uh, but that movie has the potential to be really strong and you know affect people in a, in a deep way. Um, uh, uh, what's yeah, I can uh, talk about that. I, George I Romero really- used, you know. Uh, 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 oh my god guys help me out here George Romero Night of Living Dead yeah am I forgetting that um, but that was a commentary on Vietnam yeah and then he, you know his sequel uh, Dawn of the Dead was you know on uh, uh, capitalism and, and consumerism so it, and those were done very well I think uh, as long as you don't kind of use it as a crutch you know to yeah. have your film uh, move along I think uh, I love seeing that kind of yes I, I went through this I'm making a movie because I have something to vent, I have something to say, and it's gonna be done through this story and you're gonna enjoy it. I, I totally support that. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely feel like horror has a long history of being making like really important, impactful statements about what's going on in the world. And, and yeah. people like to relegate the genre into like, oh, it's just gore and jump scares and whatever. And some of the movies are, yeah, you know, and that's fine too. But like, there are plenty of examples from any decade that you can point to that are talking about yeah. something much bigger. Um, so in my particular case, and uh, circling back to COVID, um, I got very sick several years ago and it took a, it took 21 doctors to get diagnosed with anything. Wow, 21. 21. Yeah, good lord. And by that time I was disabled and and it you know you can't roll it back. Like the damage was done. And so it's a it's a very dark comedy and medical revenge where a patient much like myself uh, is tired of being dismissed and ignored and she takes matters into her own hands and you know ends up blowing up an insurance company. <laughs> Which sounds a little bit like falling we down. Do. <laughs> we falling all down, but I think more fun. Yeah, falling uh, down was uh, it was commentary. Again, but man, that that was some dark stuff. 
You know, I haven't rewatched Falling Down recently, and I'd be curious. I I'm curious to know how well it aged for me. Um, but yeah. it, it, it's definitely there's a history there. <laughs> I gotta tell you, the older I get, the more I saw it when it came out. Falling Down just makes more sense, man. Yeah, falling down. I, I just, I feel like, especially with like the political climate, what it is, falling down is for sure still relevant. I'm just not sure Michael Douglas might be too, too real, too much like an uncle you might talk to at Thanksgiving right now. True. Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like it would, that movie would hit differently if I were to put it on the, tonight. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Hysteria because yeah. uh, that, it has a lot of uh, uh, dark undertones and the, the story of how you have overcome it. And I heard after reading, you've become a lot better. In fact, it, you have kind of, uh, you're yearning to get back into the, the swing of things, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I will never be as well as I thought I was in 2014 ever again. Um, and, but, you know, I, I have improved and it's frustrating to watch the medical system with like COVID long haulers kind of make all the same mistakes they've been making. This literally affects millions of people and we're, it's affecting millions and millions more right now <laughs> with people yes, getting sick with this yes, pandemic. And, um, you know, we just, we can't ignore them and it costs too much to ignore people who are like something's wrong like you just can't afford to wait <laughs> right so um so yeah that's definitely big on my my personal platform to sort of talk more publicly about this and really raise awareness around the issue of complex chronic illness that is dismissed ignored not researched not funded and not supported in the u.s and many other countries that's incredible. Uh, by the way, Jana, where can people find you? Uh, yeah. The easiest place to find everything is on my website, Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, Payne, P-A-Y-N-E dot com. Uh, like I said, you can yeah. find Zompire Vixens on Kipsel, which is K-Y-P-S-E-L. I think it's dot com. Let me just make sure. Um, and I'm on YouTube. Yes, it's kipsel.com. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter at Jenna underscore pain and uh, plenty of links out there to some of my fun stuff with hopefully some more stuff coming coming down the pike soon. There you go, guys. And wow. yeah, go ahead. Now. Well, you know, Jenna, Jenna I mm -hmm. also film myself. In fact, I'm, I'm working on a uh, two films right now. Awesome. And yes, it's very exciting with uh, the COVID. Uh, <laughs> we are on set and all that, that stuff. We have to get certified. With but, like the uh, zones and everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah, lots and lots of masks. So, yep. uh, anyway, you know, if you wanted to get together and, and do something, uh, I, I have a certain amount of production up here in the San Francisco Bay Area. So we can Ooh. always talk about that. My production partner is based in the Bay Area. So I may oh. be in touch about that. Kelly, Kelly lives in San Francisco, so. Well, there we go. Yeah. Is Kelly a redhead? Mm, she is right now. <laughs> <laughs> go look we at we me. saw pictures of her. That's not Al hitting on me. <laughs> no, I just thought it might be somebody I knew. So, 
I don't think uh, so. <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, film is like a pretty small world, whatever town you're working in. Uh, yeah. You tend to run into the same people, so yeah. Yeah, like if you're at a convention, you you know, you run into totally. people that you know, and you go like, oh, hey, good to see you, you know. <laughs> That's you why we're that. here. That's why we have the podcast to bring filmmakers to the Fourier. You never know what happens. Yes. Yes. Awesome. And I'm going to be refreshing my screen because I want to see more Zompire Vixens from Pluto. You cannot yes. end it there. Oh, there you go. I, I promise. Yeah, I'm trying. Not. It's it is not it is not <laughs> forgotten. Simply unpaused. Hey, uh, by the way, if you don't, Anthony's going to start like PMing you. Go much. Finish this story. <laughs> I need to know. I want to be like, I'm going to Comic Con, Jenna. Are you going to be there in the horror section with oh, more comics? Man, that would be so cool. Yes, I want to come with all 12 issues. There you go. That can sell out quick. Yeah, yeah it would. It would. <laughs> My yeah, mother and I always go down to San Diego Comic Con uh, for the week and have our vacation down there. So, yes, we'd love to see you come exactly. down. Exactly. That is my one week vacation. It is my one week vacation, me and my mom. Uh, Every year. San Diego's a cool year. town, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We stay out on the island where it's cooler. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm the only one who hasn't gone because I'm not cool enough. You're not. That's well, okay. I have a free ticket, Joe. Oh, hey. Next Joe. year. True. Uh, you know, it's like I'm too busy hanging out with celebs. Oh, that's yeah. Right. Joe's everywhere. I can I'm hardly everywhere. get him on for an hour a week. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't hang out with that many celebs except for you guys. Come on, don't make me get the hose. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, Jenna. I uh, appreciate you sharing your work with us. Um, your comic was excellent. And we, we're looking forward to uh, seeing more about Hysteria, and uh, we will be following uh, all of your work on Cinefem and Disaster Capital. Um, appreciate it. Yes, definitely hey, check yeah. out Jenna Payne's work. Uh, she has some scripts, but it sounds like you're also open to uh, some more ideas. So, um, yeah, definitely yep. check out her work and um, yeah, keep us informed. More coming keep us soon. Informed. Yeah, I will. Uh, new episodes of comics. Uh, yeah, send it here. We'll bring you on. We'll talk more about it because I, I want to know what happens next. I can't. Yeah. I cannot stand to be continued. <laughs> you can't. I can't. Yeah, I'm gonna go crazy. We gotta get to that body count. <laughs> it, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, Max Brooks also did a horror comic with uh, female vampires. I think I, I, don't I forgot think the I've name. I read that one. I'm but gonna yeah. have to pick that up now. Yeah, he yeah. teamed up with a, a, a talented illustrator, and uh, he came out with it. it was, I think it was a couple of graphic novels, um, but it definitely and um, it, it, it has that same kind of feel. Like, oh, I, I see where this is going. It's gonna be great. So uh, looking forward to more of your work, Jenna. Um, thank, you. thank you again for coming on and spending your uh, your Thursday evening with us. All right. Enjoy your October, guys. All right. Well, you're welcome. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy yes. Halloween. Yes. <laughs>